Sales development continues to grow in importance as a critical component of a successful go-to-market strategy. And with the explosion of new tools, technology, and processes, the sales development industry itself is thriving, as seen with the growth of the 10-bound sales development market map over at 10bound.com. On this podcast, we'll dive deep and go beyond sales development to think about the future of technology, processes, and tools in the industry with our host, noted futurist, author, and sales development practitioner, Justin Michael. Welcome to Beyond Sales Development. Tune in each week and be sure to hit subscribe, leave a comment, and turn on notifications to never miss an episode. And now, Beyond Sales Development with your host, Justin Michael. Welcome back to Beyond Sales Development. I'm your host, Justin Michael, doing my best William Shatner impression. What's amazing today is our guest, Bruce Captain Kirk from Slight Edge Selling on the show, which is so exciting. So we now have a Shatner Worlds Collide moment. Uh, Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks, John. And uh, Justin, it's so great to be on here and uh, with your audience as well. Great. Well, it's so great to like formally meet you. You've had a lot of interactions with my commentary over the years. And I love it because you always kind of push me one step further. So you're quite active on LinkedIn in a good way, sometimes contrarian. Talk to me about the channel, like how you've embraced social selling. And, you know, I can tell there's a strategic reason you're on there and I'd love to learn more. Sure. Well, since you kind of labeled me contrarian, I'll, I'll start out with that. I don't, I don't really view it as social selling. I view it as social marketing because it's all one to many medium. And it's meant to generate credibility, to generate conversations, um, or to lead, you know, provide pre-conversation. So the selling is one-to-one typically, and that's post-LinkedIn. We're taking the the social to the one-to-one is the goal from my perspective. So that's social marketing versus social selling. So (laughs) yeah, talk to me about what inspires you, you know, in your in your consultancy. Like, uh, you know, we're in this, there's so many podcasts about the new normal, but I'm curious your take on the general state of selling because this show is called Beyond Sales Development. But first, help us understand where we are today, like your perspective. You're clearly a veteran. You've been doing this a long time. There's a lot of, you know, flash in the pan, people who are doing this a year and they have so much to say, (laughs) have done very little. So let's listen to people who've done a lot and get some wise advice. Yes, pre-COVID, I was essentially out in the field 99% of the time, meeting all my prospects face-to-face over a cup of coffee, a beer, tea, whatever they, they, whatever was their fancy. So during COVID, that shifted, obviously, to being more inside sales. So that's, that's going through a shift and using, obviously, video and things like that. But one of the, I mean, I, was, I would always invite people to a cup of coffee or to, you know, let's have a coffee, um, talk over, chat over coffee. So now I created, branded, what's called a quick cup meeting. So I invite people to have a quick cup, a meeting with the captain. So, and then, you know, digging deeper, further into the sales process, I've uh, branded that the sales brew coaching session. So it's, you know, this, this whole transition with COVID requires a transition in your mindset, your approach, and, and how you're interacting with, the, uh, with your prospects and your clients and the market in general. 
I like that. So tell me more about why Captain Kirk. I mean, I'm a, I grew up with the next generation and Jean-Luc Picard, but obviously going way back. Well, you know what? I love Star Trek because Star Trek is talking about utopia where things like the matrix are dystopia. Right. And I, I like to envision the future as sort of Elon Musk. You know, we, we figure out how to cure the environment with science. We reduce disease and pandemics. We all live better through technology and we're healthier and we have more longevity and basically the good triumphs over evil. Uh, within science. I would love to hope this. So when I think of Star Trek, I, I think of that. Well, it's a real interesting quick story. So I, I'll date myself, but I was in high school when Star Trek first rolled out. So I mean, with my last name being Kirk, and you know, people would kind of kid me and saying Captain Kirk, it was kind of a nerdy type thing at that, at that era. Fast forward to uh, 2009, 2010, I was between engagements and I picked up some gigs, student teaching in a local high school or substitute teaching in a local high school. And one of my first classes was an Italian class. Well, I don't know Italian, <laughs> but they would they would put subs in the class no matter what. So I wrote, figure, how am I going to get their attention? How am I going to do this? So I wrote Captain Kirk on the board and I asked the class to tell me how to say this in Italian. <laughs> so I got different different views, a lot of laughter. And then I realized that I had their all their attention. I could give them the assignment for the day. So I, I kept doing that. And where it really kind of the light bulb went on for me was walking down the hall between classes and kids were there, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk. So I started using it in when I'd go out to networking events and introduce myself as Captain Kirk. And it was kind of break easy way to break the ice and um, get get a conversation going, get a smile going. So, and you're smiling right now, Justin. So it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, it brings back a lot of memories, just like watching Star Trek with my with my folks and, you know, the whole the whole Trekkie thing is cool. But I am a visionary. So it, it's kind of, you know, I, I love creating new futures for myself and for my prospects and clients. So that that's a more tie into what, you know, the topic that you were, you were uh, leading to. Yeah. I want to talk about that because I've, I've really gone with seller and cyborg salesborg, which is this funny word that I came up with, but it is talking about a vision because like it or not, we've got a lot of technology shifts. Everything's becoming a technology, a software, yet we have a real gap in the training, uh, people understanding good selling and how to do proper qualification and, you know, to, to do the discovery and the needs analysis before presenting. There's a lot of, you know, premature presentation going on. There's a lot of feature dumping. There's a lot of seven deadly sins happening to quote Mike Weinberg, <laughs> who I love, but there's a lot of stuff that we knew about in the nineties that never do. That's now the norm now. Yeah. And people are forgetting uh, the laws of selling. <laughs> like it's a law. You can't just show up and demo and, and a human will buy the feature dump. It will never work. What, what are you seeing? Well, that's, that's called, you know what that's called, Justin, <laughs> the show up and demo is called show up and throw up, right? Exactly. That's, um, but it leads to a really, really interesting point that you're making that, and I just published a post on Tuesday this past week, March 2nd, called Storytelling. And there's, I mean, storytelling has been so much the rage during COVID and it started what I believe in 2019 is just crescendoed. And yet, you know, the, the old axiom that, you know, we were we were created with two ears and one mouth and in selling, that means we should be listening more than we're telling or more than we're talking. And yet all the rage is storytelling, grow your skill in storytelling. Well, I've kind of flipped it around. I say, well, I think we should be story listening. So while there's a 
you know, great improvements in technology that can streamline our processes and, and enable us to focus more on the one-to-one interaction. We need to be more focused on active listening. And so, you know, active listening is the process of confirming what the person said, make sure seeking first to understand. And I've taken it a little bit further and defined, well, the next step beyond active listening is story listening. So, and the, the genesis there again is that people want to be heard and they want to, they want, I really believe they want their stories to be heard, you know, their, their, their background, how they got to where they are and things like that. So my focus uh, in selling and in prospecting and in coaching as well is to be an active story listener, to understand people's story first before I prescribe anything, before I recommend anything. That's, That's where I, I see a huge trend, Justin, you know, going like to that. really promoting discovery, promoting exploring, promoting exploring with the prospect before you prescribe, before you present, truly understand what's going on in the prospect's world so that when you do present, you're right on target to what they're, what's going to help them accelerate and grow. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard to teach people how to listen actively because you have mm-hmm. to genuinely care and have curiosity. And we're in an age where by the time you figure out your whiz-bang widget and how to present it and demo it, you're so excited to tell them all the amazing <laughs> things you've now learned and how technical you are and how amazing it is. And that is important later. But then you miss the first step, which is, you know, you don't really understand that they're, what their problem is. And a lot of times the problem is a symptom. And it's like peeling this onion of the iceberg. Like I really love spin selling. I feel like it never goes away. These questioning frameworks, because what I really see a lot is customer has a pain. Oh my gosh, our product does that. Customer sports bad. Great, we do that. Or, you know, it's this is slow. Ours is fast. And there's this immediate spoon feeding. And I go study the sales methodologies from the past. And we're in a, we're in a world where there's, there isn't all this advanced software, but it's really like probing and listening and questioning. And you're trying to figure out what caused this is a 16 car pileup of like, <laughs> like a, the ripple effect, like a butterfly effect, like something in this other part of the world created this problem and we're diagnosing this symptom. So how do you work with modern sellers who are just tech stacked out, slow them down, teach them to listen and teach them how to uncover pain or latent pain? Yeah, sure. Good question. So the in one of the symptoms that I, I feel they're going too fast is that, you know, when you go fast like that, present uptime, and it, it actually extends your sales cycle. But if you slow down, it speeds up your sales cycle. So let me explain that. So if you slow down and peel back the help uh, focus on peeling back the onion with your prospect to understand them more, to listen, to seek to first seek first to understand before anything, that will actually shorten your sales cycle. So if the prospect or the client is presenting with a frustration over sales cycles that are longer than they would really hope, then that's an indication that they they might be benefit by through increasing their skill to listen better. So it's um so you have to, but again, I only know that by questioning myself and asking and, and digging in and, and exploring myself to find out what their symptoms are. And then I can turn it around to, to better train them to discover themselves and bring discovery, more of an exploratory prospecting concept into their sales mix. What are your thoughts on, yeah, it makes sense. What are your thoughts on technology? Which ones do you use? What, what do you think is promising? Where should people be building technology toward sales? Um, 
Oh, wow. Well, you know, the previous discussions that we had, I'm not real, real super tech savvy guy. <laughs> so that's a, it's a loaded question when you say there. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, building out my CRM and using that. And but I love, you know, I'm just, just delving into uh, video technology and using that with sales. So, I mean, that's probably on the, the uh, late adopter from that perspective, Justin. <laughs> but no, I think the, the sales process is where I'm really focused from a, you know, in if you want to think of a vision and, and innovation aspect in melding tried and true process of listening into technology. And that's not quite sure where that's going to go yet, but maybe, maybe uh, together we can figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I really applaud that because I find that there's a lot of ageism in the culture. There's a lot of like, oh yeah, people selling Oracle 90s had no idea. I'm like, you need to stop looking at everything on LinkedIn and go study the people selling Oracle in the 90s. You know what I mean? Like big hardware, like getting people to spend millions of dollars on all this mechanical hardware is hard. It's change management. You know, they have to take big risk. You have to get someone through the fear and the, there's so many excuses and reasons, the organizational dysfunction, it's a hard sale. It's really hard to do. So like respect that environment before the technology. The technology is supposed to enhance the process. It's supposed to uplift exactly. and create an efficiency. It doesn't fix it. And I always look at golf, you know, I always go. So here's an example. Yeah. You know, I took over a territory when I was in pharmaceutical sales and I went into the doctor's office. They were my clients. So I went in and prospects. So I went into the doctor's office for a first time, never had met them before. And what typically, what color typically do doctors wear? It's white, right? Or white, yeah, right. it's like a white smoke. I walked in and the doctor is dressed in black. And I'm thinking, like, whoa. And I was a female doctor and she had a long you know, skirt on black and she had a white rose on her, on her lapel. And, you know, I introduced myself and I said, just, you know, like, wow, like, I'm just curious, you know, there's a little paradigm shift going on here in my own mind. You're wearing black, whereas most doctors, and she said, I'll explain to you, just go back and sit in my office. I'll be right with you. So I went back there. She came in and three hours later, Justin, I left that meeting and she talked to me. She probably talked like two and a half hours at the time, you know, intermittence. I was asking questions and. You know, here she was in practice with her with her father, as who was also a doctor, a physician, and they neither of them were. I mean, the doctor's mother had died, so the the father and the woman wasn't married, so they became they were soulmates, and as well as business partners. And he had just died, so they were of the Jewish faith. So she was where she was in thirty days of mourning, so she was wearing black. You know, I spent three hours with that woman. Obviously, she had really had no one to listen to her, but I did listen and uh, very genuinely, intently and caringly. And from that moment forward, I could walk into that office and she would stop anything that she was doing to come talk with me. So you're talking about now where, where does technology come into there? It wasn't technology. It was just a caring heart and being interested and curious, as you mentioned. And, but from that point on, I could call her on the phone and she would pick right up. I, you know, I had her cell phone, she could pick right up. And so it was, it just greased, you know, it was genuine, but it also made the sales and prospecting process um, very effective, very smooth. And um, from that point forward. So how do we how do we incorporate technology into that? I that's a question yeah. for you. <laughs> well, there's there's stuff like emotional AI, and like as we're talking, you can have the you can be reading the emotion of the facial expressions, and you can be right. using a technology to enhance emotional quotient and what I've called technology quotient and 
you know, intelligent quotient, there's these elements. There's, yeah. there's ways to use technology to be more thoughtful in a world of spray and play, play blasting emails. You can use uh, business intelligence systems to really start to bring a unique insight. So what if I could use artificial intelligence, machine learning to bring you an insight about your business or your business vertical that you've never seen that's customized to you? Then I'm using technology for good versus I'm going to use it to manipulate you. Look how personal it looks. Oh, I gotcha. Like that's the wrong fooling the prospect is never going to be. I, I talked to the CEO. It's like, okay, great. We fooled the prospect with all these emails written by machines. Well, then the Federal Trade Commission is going to say, okay, <laughs> Bruce, you just got an email from my AI. I now have to warn you because I can't fool you as a consumer. So we've just gone backwards. We need to use the technology to make a quality like transparent experience where the technology helps us both find something cool that can make us both money, not like snake oil, you know, scale. Exactly. So no, I absolutely I, love that perspective. <laughs> Justin. That's yeah. Cool. That's, that's where I went with my book. I was like, you know, this stuff can be weaponized, but it can be also be used humanely to open up what you just said. Can I get two people onto the phone who really do care about the same topic and they're having a higher quality conversation as a result of automation. And that's where I hope we can go. So I talk to folks like you who are very steeped in, in the technology of communicating. Here's how humans can communicate. So talk to me about like your sales methods for your, for slight edge selling. What is slight edge selling and, and how does it work in a nutshell? Oh, sure. I mean, the, the, what I specialize in is equipping business owners and their sales teams to conquer their, most pressing challenges in sales prospecting and sales recruiting. The process, you know, as I described, is is very much of a, a discovery process. You know, it's like I want to get down between beyond the surface of what what you feel. There's a lot of business owners have blinders. They think they may not. They're so busy. They're very hands-on, very involved, but they may not understand exactly what the causes of the the symptoms and what causes the issues and challenges that they're facing. So my job is to bring a new perspective into into that framework and help the the business owner and the sales team to see their world from a different perspective, and then perhaps open up you know, their minds to doing things uh, slightly differently, so that they can gain the slight edge in the marketplace. I mean, winning winning doesn't often take mean that you have to be the absolute best at everything. I mean, you just have to be a little bit better than your competition. You have to be a little bit better than what the, the prospect is experiencing so they can bring new new ideas and new frameworks to, again, their challenges that they're facing. So that's what I'm about. <laughs> I like that. So what advice do you have to for young reps? A lot of people on this show, you know, like half the workforce is millennial. And yeah. uh, what can people do to become fantastic as salespeople? I mean, they do want to maybe move out of SDR and they want to become a full cycle rep or an AE. And like what, just to advise people and like, you know, what should they be working on? Like there's two things, there's theory and practice. So what should they be doing every day? And what should they be ingesting to, sure. to, to become two, two, two things, two things. I think that salespeople have right. And yet we're not trained about that in that regard. So we, we don't have to do everything the, the prospect asks us. Only We only do it if it makes sense to build the relationship and build move the process forward. So you have to be willing to know yourself very intimately so that you can be confident in who you are and be able to say no when you need to say no. And to, like, I was on a call yesterday and they, they wanted, they said, well, why don't, 
why don't you uh, write up a proposal and send it to us and then we'll review it. Well, we're not ready for a proposal yet. I don't understand their world enough yet. I don't understand what their ish challenges are. I don't understand what their budget is. I don't know what the decision-making process is. So it'd be foolish for me to, to spend time to write up a proposal and send it to them. So so it's my right to know as a salesperson, I declare it's my right to know what their challenges are and what the causation of that is. And that doesn't mean the prospect's going to share that with me, but the process is to build enough trust so that they will share. So that's one, know your rights. And connected with those rights is, you know, having an equal footing with your prospect. You know, your salespeople often position themselves as a, as a doormat to uh, the prospect and the client. But no, you want to deal with people who are dealing with you on a peer level, on a equal footing basis. Uh, and the second thing, Justin, as I've been sharing, just take time to listen and to understand your prospect. There are two things, know your rights and build your skill, your listening skills, your active listening skills. Those are really good examples. Do you have any books or authors that you read that are evergreen that you feel like we talked about spin selling, any methodologies that you feel uh, people should look into? Obviously, like where can people learn about slight edge selling? They can follow you on LinkedIn. They can get your thought leadership. But yeah, if you could point people at some resources, they're listening and going, I want to learn. I'm open to becoming more empathetic and a better communicator. What do I do? You know, is it go do Toastmasters and speeches? Like, you know, a lot of people on this, this show sincerely are just, they're all about self-improvement. They want to become great sellers. They have, they're growing. Maybe they're a sales leader. They want their team to be empowered. They want diverse approaches, not just one method, you know? Well, the book I'm reading right now is The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey. That's, um, the uh, son of the um, author of Seven Habits of Highly, and it's it's a relatively dry book. It's hard to read. You know, it's it's not like your uh, exciting novel, but you know, pers- persevering, and you know, he has some great great stories in there about what trust does, what what lack of trust, what the problems it caused. But as far as my own self, I'm working on an ebook called Prospecting Playbook. You know, I I publish, you know, I write LinkedIn posts um, about it periodically. So I'm, I'm collating all them and going to put it into a, into a, an ebook called Prospecting Playbook. So I've trademarked that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of publications out there called Sales Playbook that have Sales Playbook in the name, but there has not been much at all. If I, I couldn't find anything that, that specifically talks to prospecting, um, having a playbook there. And yet that's where a lot of salespeople struggles in the prospecting and filling their pipeline and how to do that with quality people. So uh, another, another tip I would say on how to build the, the listening skills and, you know, certainly reach out, read, follow me or connect, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. But another one would be, it's really not technical, Justin, I'm, I don't want to disappoint you, but it's go fishing. You know, when you fish, you're out there, things are quiet, you need to listen. You need to be, you build, it builds your awareness of your environment. Have to read, you know, your antennas have to be up and buzzing on, you know, what indications of fish that's, that might be nibbling on your line or, you know, how, how to read the water, how to read the area. And the, all those skills are absolutely needed in prospecting and selling. And so 
plus it's fun. So I really, uh, <laughs> I mean, you took me down memory lane from the Star Trek and the Captain Kirk, William Shatner. I used to read William Shatner's novels, something called okay. uh, Tech, Tech Lords. He wrote these amazing sci-fi books in his spare time. He's a phenomenal writer. People don't know this. Oh, wow. yeah. a painter. I used to fish growing up on lakes here over in the Alisal Ranch and do fly fishing in Southern Oregon. And nice. then, uh, I was working for LinkedIn in the Empire State Building and my buddy Rich Toland, he says his favorite book is Speed to Trust. And I always think of the speed to trust. I think of Todd Capone and when you're honest and you're authentic and you expose flaws, people trust you. When you advise your relatives or your friends or you're making a big purchase, like getting a house or thinking about an investment, you think about the cons and the pros. You don't just think about what goes well. So when you're honest with people, open and transparent and constructive, it builds trust really rapidly versus that slick, everything's perfect about my tech going to be great. That really makes people fearful and distrust, yeah. speed to distrust. So I love uh, Stephen Covey's work. He's got another book called Four Disciplines of Execution about okay. proactive, proactive leadership, the wild, important goal, the WIG, 40X. I was turned on to that when I was selling at Salesforce. So worlds collide. I mean, the thing about me that people don't realize is I'm a student of the past. I like to meet with people from all generations. There's there's some stuff that the new generations can share with me, and that's cool. But I find, you know, if you golf with someone who's golfed for 30 years, who's shooting it, you know, under par, I mean, they, they don't really need specialty golf clubs, right? So I like to, yeah, exactly. I like to go back and there's something to be said well, it's about. It's the same thing with stuff. fishing. If you go fishing with a, <laughs> you know, a guy that's been fishing for, you know, all his life, an older guy, and, and of course, they, they love sharing great techniques with you because they, you know, they, they know how that's that's helped them over the years, and it, it's just so wonderful. And you get to hear a lot of stories. You know, you're listening to them and what they're what life has taught them is a great way again to learn and grow as an individual and as and professionally as well. You can all all feeds back into your professional life, just making you a, a better listener and a better resource uh, trusted entity. Awesome. Well. Bruce, Captain Kirk, thank you so much for your time today on Beyond Development. Yep, go find, just look on, on LinkedIn, Bruce Kirk, spelled like it sounds, with Captain. And what is your website? So they have it. Yeah, so I'm slightedgeselling.com, but it's not up and running yet. So I'm, oh, I'm bringing all my, my LinkedIn posts over to that website. Expect to have it running up by middle of March. And quickcup.biz, if somebody wants to chat with me one-to-one. So quickcup.biz, that's a, a great way to, to uh, schedule a time. And I'd be glad to listen and talk with you and chat and see how I might help. Awesome. And I always do a cliffhanger. Uh, what's your favorite quote ever? Listening is the best telling. You, who said that? Is that just sort of an aphorism? That's something... one of my own. So. It's my own. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Bruce, it's been a real pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks for coming right. on the show. All right, Justin. Thank you. See you soon.